Welcome to another episode of Sit Down Startup Podcast. I'm Pedro. And I'm Tara. We're happy to have you join us once again as we continue to bring you conversations from inspirational entrepreneurs. They solve real problems, disrupt traditional business, and put their customers at the center of their success. To amplify their voices, we match them with Zendesk executives for a casual virtual coffee shop conversation. Our interviews will dive into fascinating stories of leaders building business to serve a diverse customer base, how the COVID-19 pandemic impacted them, and the latest innovation in customer experience. For this episode, our guest is Anthony Kelly, founder and chief customer officer at Glowfox. Glowfox is a SaaS startup based in Dublin, Ireland. Their solutions help business owners in more than 44 countries create membership experiences for their studios and larger fitness companies as well. To interview Anthony, we invited Jeff Titterton, chief marketing officer at Zendesk. Jeff is a startup guy and a fitness lover. He worked in many fast-growing startups before joining the Zendesk leadership team, including Adobe, 99design, and Zusk. Are you ready? Let's sit down and start up. Anthony, uh, nice to meet you. I'm excited to talk to you about Glowfox. Um, let's get started. I would love to uh, hear about what's your favorite coffee shop drink? Oh, that's a that's a good question. Um, I have to say, I'm I'm quite a boring guy when it comes to to coffee. I really just like uh, straight up black. So uh, americano would be my my poison of choice when it comes to uh, coffee shops. Ah, a Dubliner who likes americanos. That's a that's a unique combination. I think <laughs> maybe not. I also like another famous black drink. I'm sure you can guess what that one is. Uh, yes, I can. I can. I just I actually just drank some of that last weekend, so that's good. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Um, all right, so let's get to talk about Glowfox. So you're really enabling, it's a really fascinating company to me as someone who loves fitness. You're enabling fitness entrepreneurs to build their own business, right? To set themselves up. And that's really helping the global health and well-being. I'd love to just hear your founding story to kind of get our, our listeners off to start. How did, how did this come about? Yeah, sure. So um, we're around since 2014 um, and the company evolved out of um, a, a web and app development shop, really. Um, and we were, we're working the normal way. We're working for projects for, for lots of different customers. And um, one opportunity came up to develop um, an app, a uh, custom branded app booking system for, for a gym in, in Ireland. Um, and that, that went particularly well. And we started getting some more interest from, from other customers. So um, we were always very keen to sort of see if there was something that we could um, productize ourselves instead of like chasing the ongoing kind of consultancy business. Um, all the founders had a strong passion for for fitness and, and well-being anyway, so it made sense for us to, to look whether we could take what we'd built and then turn it into a platform. So um, we spent a lot of time doing that in, in the early days, um, you know, when we were uh, bootstrapping in terms of the money we were bringing in from the consultancy business to try and build this product and, you know, be able to, to then sell it on. So it started with a small group, maybe 10 uh, gyms and studios in, in Ireland um, where, where, where we were founded and then um, grew out to around 100 um, in about 12 to 18 months. 
Um, uh, after that, we were, you know, went through the usual process of getting getting various rounds of, of funding, and you know, it's it's grown to there. Now we're like over two and a half thousand customers in in forty four countries, and it's it's going really really well. I think the the big key for us was obviously we we started out as a as a platform for boutique fitness, and um, we were able to offer them a, a full solution, of everything they needed from you know scheduling, payments, uh, membership management, little bits of marketing, community, all all. Of the aspects and it seemed to resonate with with that um, that particular customer and obviously boutique fitness was going on a a, a trajectory at the time as you know it's, it's still is so so popular and it's growing so we were able to kind of ride on the back of of that way with the with the right product and a real passion for for what we were doing to try and make those uh, fitness entrepreneurs successful oh that's great talk to me a bit about your, your how does your customer base evolve so you said you started out with uh, boutique which uh, I think it continues to be a large part of your customer base but are you also serving enterprise customers as well yeah so um, we we over the last couple of years we've really been able to, to grow out a good uh, mid-market and enterprise customer base or you know what we call enterprise it would be large gym or studio chains over a, a thousand locations and um, we're we're now serving sort of the the gym market and the the boutique space um, and interestingly our you know our um, our background and strength in in boutiques was really what got us in the door with some of the larger kind of traditional gym chains because they saw the way that the industry was evolving they realized that you know the boutiques were taking a lot of their market share so they needed to get better at member experience they needed to get better at you know the services they were offering and they just needed to you know try and get a, a newer company than some of the traditional software companies that, that were out there so it's it still isn't good stead we obviously had a lot of work to do on the platform to adjust and to be able to you know cater for for enterprise but you know, it's it's one of those challenges why you why you get into these business as an entrepreneur, and it's uh, it's still you know very challenging to try and manage you know all those diverse clients day to day. But it's uh, it, it's going well so far. Yeah, well, and you're, you're chief customer officer at Glowfox, and I know you've worn like many uh, founders do. You've worn multiple hats throughout your journey on at this company. Uh, part of what makes a startup so exciting. Would love to hear about. Um, what your journey to becoming chief customer officer and what that role entails and how that team is set up and then also how you think about serving different customer types like those small boutiques versus those larger enterprise customers there's sort of a different way i'm i'm assuming you have to work with those different size companies yeah absolutely so um i started um at the outset where it was more in a, a sales business development marketing role um it there's not real need of a chief customer officer until you till you get customers in and you figure out the process of what you what you need there so I was very focused on on that side of the business at the start uh, when we started to grow and, and mature a little bit more uh, it made sense for me to kind of make a natural switch to kind of post-sales um, environment. Um, I'm um, a qualified lawyer, so I spent a lot of time um, in, in that industry and would have picked up a lot of good kind of tips and, you know, habits in terms of client care and, and what that looks like and what good looks like, should I say. Um, so it was something I was always interested in. Um, and obviously, you know, post-sales in, in the SaaS world is, is everything. You know, it's your you know, you're constantly making that sale over and over again every time that that subscription comes around. So, um, I do I do obviously view it as a as, as still a, a revenue generating and a revenue retaining part of the of, of the company. Um, so, in my current role, I I manage kind of all of the the customer facing teams, which is uh, onboarding, customer success, customer support, technical support, and our our migrations team. So, um, you know, we. we we spend a lot of time thinking about how 
we can you know customize the, the onboarding and success journeys for our, our different customer types um, in the in the SMB sort of smaller um, segment of our of our customer base it's it's really about trying to uh, automate as as much as possible but still give them that that experience you know that feels um, you know that that there is somebody there that cares about them and that they're they're able to have the success on the platform and um, that that they need there's obviously less in terms of the implementation and setup uh, that they would need from um, from a dedicated sort of account relationship um, in terms of mid-market enterprise then it's 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 really every time you get one of those customers on board it's usually a you know a deep dive to try and figure out what their particular requirements are um, there's obviously more stakeholders involved as well so we do a lot of um, planning at the outset for when we bring on one of those customers to kind of ensure their success um, is obviously a, a big piece will be migrating data and you know membership information as well which can be quite complex so that adds a whole other element to the to the process in terms of the, the level of engagement the success teams really depends on 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 the size of the customer um, at the outset and whether they would have a you know a dedicated account manager or something like that. That's great. Uh, yeah, and very common, right, to see the, the higher need with the larger customers. You are in a unique position to be representing the customer internally at your company, right? And this is one of the, the key jobs of the chief customer officer. How much do you find that the voice of that customer, what your feedback you're getting is influencing your roadmap and your development? Yeah, no, so it's... It, we like to everything that we do really is is driven by by customer feedback and that's something we've had ingrained in the company from from day one that we wanted to listen to our customers and make sure that we were we were solving the the problem for them especially because the fitness world it was changing so fast and there were new requirements coming on all the time no more so than in the in the current uh, climate that we live in where you have to be able to adapt and build products and services for customers that that they need right now not what they needed um a couple of years ago um my personal philosophy on this is um i have a have a phrase that i say that when the when the customer wins we all win and um you know that's that's the philosophy that i try and bring into what i do every day and, and obviously at a at a leadership level as well so we we really try and focus on you know those metrics and whatever those touch points are the whole way along the customer journey which shows that we're delivering a, a good customer experience whether it actually be in pre-sale you know like the first 30 days, the first 90 days, the first 180 days, we've got different metrics across all of those um, phases really to, to make sure that we're, we're doing a good job and that we have the, the right listening kind of posts at, at each stage there to give us the feedback we need to, to adapt as, as we have to. And, and uh, you've, you've expanded a lot into other countries. Um, obviously always a big challenge, right? It's a great opportunity to be in 44 countries, but a big challenge. Uh, how do you feel your company's doing handling that, that growth challenge? Yeah, I think, I think we're doing good. Um, I think with, with fitness, one thing about it is that the, the services that they, that the gyms and studios are offering globally are, are quite homogenous. So it's always amazing to me when I would look at a fitness studio in you know Ecuador or somewhere in South America and pretty much the same classes and they're running in the same services as the local gym around the corner for me so in terms of the the product and what, what we do there isn't a, a lot to change so really what you're into then is language support and um, and you know making sure that you comply with whatever regulatory requirements are, are in the are in the country so um, the, the big challenge is payment processing and making sure that that's integrated with the platform because um, 
you know, in the modern world, people don't want to have to ring up a, you know, an, an item for a membership and then manually go into their software platform and assign it to the to the customer. And then, you know, you've got two systems. So we, we're very much trying to ensure that we have an integrated payment solution wherever wherever we go in the world. So when you check that membership out, you're doing it through Glowfox and, and then it's 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 complete. Yeah, that is fascinating about the consistency in gym in, in the classes that they offer. We are truly a global world at this point. Um, speaking of global worlds, we are um, obviously in the midst of a global pandemic that has uh, dramatically impacted your industry. Um, you know, we uh, are all seeing in the kind of phased approach that many countries are taking that uh, gyms are among the last to open, right? Um, so I'm assuming many of your customers have gone into one form of crisis or another or, or and are probably pivoting. Can you talk to me about, as chief customer officer, how, do you, how are you approaching this sort of unprecedented problem um, to help your customers? Yeah, so, I mean, we just wanted to get the the word out as soon as possible when this happened that we were there to support them in, in whatever way uh, we possibly can. We really try you know in all of our communications to, for them to feel like it's a it's a partnership that that we have with them rather than you know just a uh, another another service that they're they're paying for so we looked at it in a number of ways you know what can we do in terms of content or information that they might need to try and help them during this time you know what financial supports we could give them in terms of you know discounts on on the software and then we also like okay well what can we do in terms of the platform to make make life a little bit easier for them um during this time and um, and w- what we noticed was a lot of the the gyms and studios sort of pivoted themselves to to online classes because they knew it was a way of maintaining that you know engagement with customers and being able to continue to earn some sort of revenue so um what we did which um was was a big decision at the time you know a couple months back was we decided to pause everything on our roadmap and get our whole engineering team working on this integrated uh, solution with live streaming and also on-demand video content that they could put out on our apps um and you know we we managed to get it out from kind of start to finish in about five weeks um which has been which has been a huge uh benefit for our customers because they were doing, you know, workarounds where they were taking bookings in our platform and emailing out links manually to whatever platform they're using for the streaming. So having it all integrated, you know, saved them a lot of time. And it allowed them also then to, you know, still to, to trade effectively and to, you know, show that there are members that even though we're closed, there is value here. And then there's this library of video content as well. So I think that was that was the big thing that we did. And, uh, you know, it's been it's been really well received on the customer side, but also in terms of our of our new business. A lot of you know people have heard about it and now we're getting a lot of migrations from other platforms that don't have it as well. So it's had that kind of double double whammy of you know positivity on the sales front too yeah it's fascinating i I think that's one of the benefits of being that agile right is that you're able to five weeks to develop a platform like that is pretty amazing so congrats to your team on that i think many many larger companies would probably fail at that um at that timeline uh do you see this as an ongoing part of your business going forward do you think this will is this just a point in time i'm helping them we're helping them through this crisis or do you actually think this will become a a part of your new normal yeah i think it's it's definitely going to be a part of the new normal we just don't know how how much yet so um we're Every day we get updated uh, metrics from all of the countries where we have our customers and we're looking at uh, the number of bookings in, you know, in actually physical classes versus online. Um, So um, 
places like Hong Kong and in New Zealand now are nearly back to where they were in February in terms of, of booking, which is which is great to see. And those green shoots are so so encouraging for for the fitness industry and for the, for the world, I suppose. Um, but so but what we're seeing is that there's still um, a good proportion of them that are still online. So it's hard to know exactly where it's going to end up, but because there's limited restrictions in or there's restrictions in the numbers you can have in a class they're supplementing that by running online classes for people who can't get in while they're while they're exceptionally busy so that's one reason but then other people you talk to are like this has gone so well people love it they can't get into us at the times we have classes so they'd rather go at like nine or ten and they're happy to go on on the virtual and we've no limit you know we can have 50 60 people on a on a zoom link you know so it's yeah my my personal i suppose a good feel is that it's 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 going to be here to stay i think and you know company there's you know companies like peloton have been doing it for so long so why can't you know small fitness businesses do it and, and make it work yeah i think you're right and I, you definitely see it and i just talking to people who are into fitness um you they're learning oh i can work out at home so this is actually good and i can do it with my gym and get all that sense of community because i think community a lot of these studios have a, a real community feel to them right that that's um a big part of why they're so successful um all right, so switching gears here, uh, you are a very successful entrepreneur. And as you said, you came to it a little bit later in, in, than the average entrepreneur. You didn't kind of drop out of college with your CS <laughs> degree and go into building something. You were a lawyer first. So um, talk to me about uh, a lot of our listeners are uh, aspiring entrepreneurs. would love to hear about your journey and, and what you think makes a successful entrepreneur. Yeah, I think the... The, the first one is is not I think what I say to a lot of people when they say I have an I, an idea or I'm going to go and and do something myself I think you really have to be self aware enough to know that if it's the right thing you know for for you because it's it's terrifying and it's a, it it can be a, a lot of pressure and it's uh, and working for yourself is you know it's it's harder than, than than working for anybody else in 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 a lot of ways so I think you really have to think about you know what what it will look like in five to ten years time and are you a person that's more suited to grow in an amazing career in like so many brilliant companies that are that are out there today so i think that's the first thing um and i think you have to kind of be prepared to kind of sit in and wait as well and be be patient and i i definitely wasn't patient you know i was kind of hard on myself in terms of like you know after two or three years going god we haven't made it anywhere you know we're not profitable we're not so on and kind of you know beat myself up a little bit but it's like it's like any career or anything you do in life you know it really takes you seven to ten years to, to get good at it and to to achieve um anything so i think patience is 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 really important and, and to, to to be kind to yourself as well and just um you know an idea is just an idea everybody you know if you talk to anyone they've got a really good idea you just have to be able to to execute on that idea and and, and be prepared to you know the first idea you have may actually not be the one but it's true you know that little tweak and getting the execution right that you'll you'll get the success you all are definitely executing um congratulations on your success so let's end end here with one final question which is where are you going next are you are do you have a next because are you in the crisis mode and just focused on crisis or are you looking ahead further than that right now yeah so we're we're, we're definitely in the crisis mode but we we definitely have a, a plan of of where where we're going to next um we're we're finished this year is really about finishing off the the features that we need for for enterprise um and to be able to help us to to scale um that process to be able to bring on on large customers and to and to do you know 
you know more than one at a, at a time because it's you know it's all encompassing um, at the moment so we've a lot of work to kind of get to finish off it's it's nearly there and making the platform enterprise ready um, then after that it'll be a case of trying to you know capture as much of that market as we can um, and we also have started that this year was um, a big play on on Brazil as well so that that's exciting um, and we're seeing like some some good results so far down there as well so that'll be our first time really you know targeting one of the large kind of non-English speaking markets so really really excited to see how that one plays out why Brazil just out of curiosity it's, a, it's an amazing market but just curious yeah I think it, there's, a, there's a number of reasons we've got a, a, a good um, channel partner down there that that, that we're working with and um, it's it, it's a it's a fitness mad country you know there's there's so many gyms and studios it's it's crazy um, but it also doesn't have there, there's no kind of uh, big players and especially none of the big US players have have a presence there so there's there's a good opportunity a lot of them are still wouldn't be even on software a lot of the gyms aren't on software platforms and things like that so there's there's really good scope for for growth. Thanks for sitting down with us, Anthony. I really enjoy hearing Glowfox growth and more about your role as Chief Customer Officer. It's crucial to have someone on the leadership team that amplifies the voice of the customer during the many stages of growth a startup goes through. And what stood out for me was how he mentioned that everything they do is driven by customer feedback. The message is clear. Understand your customer's needs and shape your business to it. That's how you really build a customer-centric company. Glowfox's ability to respond to real-time issues and launch streaming features during the pandemic also positions them now as a partner that truly understands their customers' pain. This helps a lot of businesses offer services for fitness fans worldwide, even in today's environment. You're right, Anthony. When the customer wins, we all win. If you like this episode, tune in for our next episode with Bai Gan, Chief Product Officer at Zeni Optical, one of the first direct-to-consumer brands in the U.S. Don't forget to rate us on your podcast of choice. Subscribe and share with your friends. It's summertime. Give yourself a screen break. And when Pedro and I are not recording this podcast, we are part of Zendesk for Startups. If you're a startup, go to www.zendesk.com forward slash startups and sign up to join our program. Qualified companies get six months free of Zendesk software for customer support sales and customer engagement teams. They also get connected with our exclusive community of leaders and partners who are changing the landscape of customers' experiences. Talk to you next time. Stay hungry. Stay hungry.